What's up, y'all? This is the Schooner Pod Weekend Spread Edition. I'm going to be your host tonight. It's Jameson. I'm here with the captain, Boaten Blake. Bobby's at the Thunder game watching a little bit of Nuggets Thunder. So we're going to take over, talk about Big 12 basketball. Because I know a lot of people, including me, I kind of paid attention at the beginning of the season, but I really didn't dive in. I don't really dive deep into Big 12 basketball until conference play. And so I've been catching up and some of y'all might not be in yet. So take a listen to this podcast. We're going to go through a lot of the Big 12 teams. Blake, what are you thinking about the Big 12 this year? Is it is it this big powerhouse of a conference that we always thought it was? Or is it having a down year? Yeah, no, this is this is the premiere. This is the cream of the crop. I'm wearing it on the hat, the shield. I rep the shield in football. I love, I love Big 12 football. But the one thing we can hang our hat on, we are the best basketball conference by far. It's not even close. I know the narratives out there today, uh, what is Oglesby or whatever his name, trying to throw out that the Big 12 is really just a facade, that they played nobody in their non-conference games, which boost their like advanced metrics so they get more teams in it's just the most bs thing in in the world it's like all the out of conference strength of schedules for power five teams are going to be lower because you're playing by teams a lot the teams with the higher like uh the higher uh non-conference strength of schedules are going to be those bad teams who want the paychecks to fund the rest of their athletic programs so they're going to take those losses early and then just care about conference play um Big 12, best in non-conference against Power 5 opponents, highest win percentage. You even take in the 10 best conference, so your Mountain West, your A-10s, some of those other ones that are not, I guess, P6 conferences, still the best. This, we are seeing, and you can even see it in the standings today. Just if you haven't been watching, just go take a look. All these teams are close. All these teams are good. Not one team is running away with it just yet. Um, there's still some flaws for teams at the top, and the bottom is just super feisty. So this has been this has been probably the best year of basketball uh, the Big 12's ever seen. Yeah, it's extremely competitive. You know, you don't know what's going to happen every night. The powerhouses that we've seen in the past, Kansas can't win a freaking road game in conference, so that just throw that in the trash. And then Baylor is just imploding currently. I think they're losing to Central Florida as we speak. Yep. So, yep. <laughs> so, like, there's that. So this conference is a little bit different, but it's a little bit of the same. And I feel like, like, just looking at college basketball as a whole, and – for someone that I don't pay attention to it as close as you do, but I, I I dabble and I pay attention to it pretty closely. It's hard for me to really dive deep into this season and really buy into it as like an up season because we don't get as much talent in college basketball this year. This is known to be one of the worst talented college basketball years that we've had in a really long time. So is it just me thinking, oh, I'm not, I don't have many stars, like freshman stars to get excited about, any diaper dandies to get excited oh, about. God. <laughs> or, or is that like a bias that I have? Or is this kind of like a boring college basketball season? Please tell me I'm wrong. I, I don't think it's boring per se, but I definitely think it's starting to shift the more we see it. I feel like the last few seasons, we really haven't had those like freshman stars. Like I think the last one that really rolls off the mind is Zion that really captivated the entire nation and everybody wanted to watch him. And we're going more towards the model of your Zach Edes, your RJ Davises, your Caleb Loves. Like these are guys that 
are probably going to be, or Zach Eady this year might be a lottery pick, which is just the wildest thing. Really Hasn't really does. developed. This That shows how bad the draft is. Like, Zach Eady was maybe going to be a late-round second guy uh, last year, and now he's probably going to go in the lottery just because there's absolutely no depth. But I guess boring in the sense if you're an NBA fan and you're the only reason why you're watching college basketball is to see the future of the NBA I don't think that's there this year but, but I definitely but still, do like you want to yeah. see young stars right and I'm and just even if you're a college basketball fan and it's we don't even you say the last one Zion Williamson still we have like Cade Cunningham's and Chet Holmgren's and and guys like that still I yes, so I think it's not as it's not as focused on the stars, but rather the selling point now is we don't really have those dominant teams anymore. We really like a UConn or Purdue, they're dominant, but they obviously have their flaws. Teams can beat them on any given night, and it seems like where it used to be, there was like three or four that you were pretty sure like one of those teams was going to win the national championship. I feel like the field is getting a lot deeper. We're starting to look at 10s, 15s, like even like we talk about Purdue, like Purdue is a great team. I think they're vastly improved. I think they're going to go a lot deeper in March Madness than we've seen in the past, but they're still vulnerable. Like, they're still, like, right now they're struggling to beat Northwestern at home. They're losing yeah, right now like, to Northwestern. Like, it's it's just one of those things. It's like, sure, you're going to lose a little bit. It's like kind of what college football has been trying to do. It's like they want that parity. I feel like college basketball is achieving it, but you just don't get, I think, that next-level star power, that freshman that, like, really wows anybody, like a Cade Cunningham that, like, can transform OSU the year he plays there. We're just not seeing that as much, but we're also seeing, I think, more senior-laden rosters, which makes about 15, 20 teams feel like they could actually compete for a national championship. Yeah, so who do you think's the best player, just not best team, best player, singular talented player in the Big 12 right now? Oh, singular Which talented. is an extremely hard question. And the first person that comes to my mind, you do not want to hear his name. God, because like, of course, like the draft analysts, they're gonna go. What's no, no, no? Up? I'm talking about like just based okay. college basketball. We didn't. We can throw away the NBA thing because I understand like there's different things of scouts versus you know. I'm pretty sure uh, the forward from Kansas uh, starts. So he's a junior. Hunter, De- Hunter Dickinson. No no no. no, 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 forward like oh. small forward. It's, it's like a junior. I'm completely blanking on it. Kevin McCullers. Well, um, yeah, yeah. He's a guy that's catching a lot, but. Honestly, is Hunter Dickinson the most talented guy? No, no, no. I, I knew you were. Seen. I knew you no, didn't want to no, hear it. no, no. And see, that's like uh, this is the problem with Kansas. Okay, Hunter Dickinson's a good college player. Like he gets his stats everywhere he goes, but he's kind of a stat merchant. Like those Michigan teams never succeeded with Hunter Dickinson. This Kansas team, although they have talent, it feels like all around that like squad, they just can't win with him. He's not like a prototypical big that is able to dominate like a typical like Kansas guy. Like, uh, like, or I can't even, Abaji, like some of those good wings or like a Joel Embiid, like somebody that they could throw in the post and dominate. He's neither one of those. He doesn't seem to fit the system. My guy's Jamal Sneed. I think that Houston has taken kind of like the next level when it comes, like they, they finally clicked. Like they struggled at the beginning of conference, but when I, I was watching him against Texas the other night and it just seemed like every time Texas was coming back, he's like a true point like a good college point guard that can take over any game i prefer that over a guy like hunter dickinson that can't really create his own shot can't really do much he has to rely on others to get on the ball yeah i'm 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 out on hunter dickinson i think a lot of kansas's problems are probably because of him that they're having just to force the ball through him so much 
Yeah, let's kind of peg Houston versus Kansas. Because even though Kansas yep. is on the downward spiral, just looking at the top of this conference, don't tell me Texas Tech, Iowa State, being a Fred of Kansas in the standings. I'm looking at Houston and Kansas as the top two teams. And I think it's a clear tier that Houston is number one and there's no one on the same tier as them. Am I correct by thinking that? I 100% agree. I 100% agree. Mm-hmm. And it's just they got great guard play. And just seeing LJ Cryer going over to Houston too, like they've got a lot of guys that can just go out there and just solidify you in conference play. Really what we've seen with really competitive basketball, having smart guards that can go there and get their own buckets and also you know, um, capitalize the free throw line. Like Emmanuel Sharp also is a guy that I really liked whenever I was watching that Texas game too. Um, they just got LJ Cryer, Sharp, and Sheed were like pretty impressive to me to where they are warranted in a complete tier of their own in terms of the Big 12. Yeah, it's like whenever you have like the more guards, the merrier. It seems like the best teams always have two elite guards, and you get get that with Jamal Sneed, LJ Cryer, like Cryer coming from Baylor. He's experienced, like knows the conference, and they just it's one of those things. It's like I love watching them play because like similar to like the Thunder for any like NBA watchers, like they love to get out in space, and like I feel like the bet when they thrive the most is when they're running in space, they're passing, they're they kind of offer a lot of size but with a lot of athleticism like they're long like they don't have like a super big guy that i feel like clogs the middle but they're mobile and they're able to disrupt passes that's why you see them like i think they're number one in defense right now in kim palm like they're insane like this team they can defend all five positions but still be athletic still get you like still get you on the run their only problem is it's like whenever they go whenever they start doing the like half court offense a little bit jamal sneed is like he's fishing for that threes like taking bad shots like that really seems like the only thing that stops them is like they were the other night against texas like they would go on like 12 12 runs easy but then they would just kind of slow it down everybody's hunting for that three and once the ball stops for them i just feel like that's the only thing that can hurt them but mm-hmm. yeah they're just it's it's the combination they have great offense the best defense like you can't ask for anything more from yeah uh, a front runner Right here, you know, this is going to be releasing on February 1st. So right in February, um, you would say Houston is the best team in the Big 12. There's no doubt about it. But we've seen this from Kansas in the past, that they like to play around. We start to doubt them. They've got talent on their team. We know they got talent, but they just keep dropping random games. I'm like, this just doesn't seem like them. Maybe it's not their year. And then they just hit it hard when March comes around. It's hard for me to really not buy into Kansas when their stock is low right now, Blake, because they've got guys, you know, like Kevin McCullers, they got guys like Hunter Dickinson. And even though they can't play on the road right now, I think that these are going to be things that they'll fix up later. And I bet you conversation near the end of the year, Kansas Houston should be probably in the same tier. Yeah, the only thing that worries me is just like Kansas away from home uh, right now. It just, they're, this Kansas team just feels off. Like I know you mentioned it's like a typical Kansas thing. They kind of mess around, but then end up winning the conference. Like that's what they tend to do. But never has Bill Self in his career started Big 12 play four and three. Like this is, it feels like a little bit more. Like I'm not saying they're going to bottom out completely, but I think some of those, like those techs, 
Iowa State, TCU, like, they're definitely knocking on the door. Like, we've seen those teams be competitive with them. Like, I know uh, or Iowa State straight up beat them, like, bludgeoned them. It took, like, a K, like KU last-second run to even get mm, that thing it was close. It was a closer was, game. No, I watched closer. it all the it, way through. It was a competitive game. It got closer game. at the end. It got closer at the end, but, like, Iowa State just dominated. Like, they, 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 just controlled, kinda... they controlled it the whole game, but it was still a close game. Yeah, and so, and then, like, TCU, TCU goes into their home court, and, like, one flagrant, like, the worst flagrant foul I've bad, ever bad seen, in, 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 like, I've ever seen in my life, and, it, like, I feel like that was a TCU squad that wasn't even hitting on all cylinders yet, so it does worry me that, like, when you look at their away schedule going, like, the their, like, last few away games, the easiest one they have is k-state which i think is kind of a walkover right now but still it's a rivalry mm -hmm. game like that's uh like that always poses issues so i bet kansas does not finish like i'm i'm pretty sure that kansas will not finish in that second spot yeah so i think that kind of like really cuts it at the best in the big 12 but kind of a good transition would you consider kansas overrated or what people are thinking about them right now is just about right um I mean, I'm not, you're not going to say underrated, but like, yeah. are they just about right right now? Or do you think that they're still a little bit overrated? I think they're just about right. I'm like, if you still factor in their preseason expectations, like very overrated, like this team is mm -hmm. definitely significantly worse. Like they were picked number one to finish in the big 12. I don't think they're probably going to do that this year. They were picked, I think consensus number one for the AP poll. And like, they look like uh, there's a class of teams significantly above them this year. But like, I think as like, if you're just, you've been watching throughout the big 12 season, I think they're kind of just properly rated. Like, I think this is one of Kansas's probably worst roster like worst teams they've seen in a while they're still gonna win games they still are competitive and like still can defend home so it's one of those things like if you still expect them to win the big 12 then yeah probably a little bit overrated but i think like second third right there like they could easily still compete like they still have the best coach in the league yeah that's that's for sure and just i like also kj adams is another guy i really like for him too he's mm -hmm. got a lot of hustle they've got the tools but we'll see talking about overrated teams i'm going to give you one team and you're going to throw away all your bias and you're going to tell me are they overrated and that's texas tech are they as good as they are saying they are i think they may be slight overrated but i think they're really good like i love their coach like he was great at unt is like took that program that like really doesn't have like that much buy-in and like won the nit last year has always been like i feel like they made a tournament too like and won a tournament game like they've always been really competitive they always had a good defensive philosophy like that's why it just like that marriage feels perfect uh out in lubbock it's just because like i think his name's mccaslin like he he has a perfect defensive philosophy like those unt teams were always just hard to face um i think the offensive numbers are a little lacking i think they see themselves as like i think they're probably like top middle of the pack like i think that's mm -hmm. how it'll be all said and done like i think they've had some like favorable bounces go their way uh some of the teams that they've played probably like i think what you saw against tcu last night is probably like more of what you're gonna see of tech it's like they can be competitive they could take leads like i don't think they're gonna be blown out in a lot of games but also too like i think they're gonna start losing some close ones like uh i think let me see like their best win probably on their schedule is byu and the byu i think is a really streaky team and then like texas they beat they so, beat oklahoma 
I beat Oklahoma, but I don't know what to think about. I that's where yeah. I need to pick you. Can right. I can I transition here? Yes. Can I, can yes. I say I my my team that's the most overrated in the Big Twelve? I think it's Oklahoma. And I talked about this on our last podcast, which wasn't a basketball podcast, but OU got a lot of hype because they were one of the few teams that were undefeated at the, you know, January point of the year. And everyone was hyping them up because of wins like USC Trojans because mm-hmm. they were hyped on Thanksgiving. That was a game that everyone <laughs> was watching because they were looking for con- for supports. And guess what? <laughs> like, USC ain't it. I don't They're care bad. if they got you. They're bad. I don't care if they got one of, like, the top projected top five draft picks in NBA. Like, the, they are not it. And so, like, looking at Oklahoma basketball schedule from top to bottom in terms of, like, their non-conference, like, they've got some good wins, Blake. But what made them propel to this, like, infinite like they shouldn't even be thought of as a um team that's not a top 25 team like the, every single top, hard game that they played this year you know like arkansas they played arkansas is not that good of a team we, arkansas you know is miserable they're miserable Pro- like providence providence i would give it to them but like providence themselves like still they're 14 and 6 on the year like whenever we played a tough team like unc it didn't look like we were in the game the whole time. I think Oklahoma is a talented team, but to say they were a top 10 team in the country, I think that was a little bit too much. Yeah. Like I think, OU got like bit a little bit by like the advanced analytics side of, uh, the sport like i think byu did the same it's like their projections started so low it's like ou was rated like voted 12th to finish 12th in the big 12 Mm -hmm. byu 13th and they come out and they actually start winning these games i think against like you said it's like iowa usc providence arkansas like preseason these were considered like maybe like at worst like borderline like borderline tournament teams like these are seemed like solid teams but it does it does feel like a house of cards like it just seems like every time as like the iowa state win was super impressive and like seeing how iowa state is now like looking even better double or almost double digits but like good home win but it yeah it's just like whenever ou has gone on the road like they went to tcu kansas lost and then the weird home stretch i'm like texas has been looking funky but like thumped ou and then texas tech just kind of hangs around and gets it right at the end I think OU's a very solid squad. I think they're a tournament team, but I felt like they went from the most like underrated team to like one of the most overrated teams in the Big 12 yeah. very quickly because exactly. the AP voters were loving y'all. Like they were like even when y'all like lost two at home, still 23 in the polls, like they're not really moving you all like they're not bumping you out for that. So I like I think OU's well coached. I think they're really talented. Do I think they do? I think they're probably like mid tier Big Twelve. Yes, and like that's a really mm-hmm. good team this year. But I feel like they're just very mid. Like they're not, they're not gonna like they're not gonna threaten to get to the top of the conference this year. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I think that we should be very proud of this team that we have. Um, but it's not a top ten team in the country, and we should be very ecstatic to stay in the top twenty five throughout everything that yep. we're going through. So, you know, we had a good win versus K-State last night, even though K-State's, you know, bottom of the bottom in the conference. But, like, still, it, we should be happy for games like where we go on the road and beat Cincinnati. I think that's 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 stellar for us. And looking at Oklahoma's players, you know, the really biggest thing is, like, you want your best player to come out and be a guy that you can lean on and rely on. And we're at the point right now with Javon McCollum, 
that I don't feel confident with the ball in his hands anymore just because the way he's shown in conference play. And you can say, oh, he'll get out of this funk, but it looks like he just isn't physical enough to play in this conference play in Big 12. He's just, he looks fatigued. He can't keep up. So it just really worries me that our best player is already showing some signs that he might not be the guy that we thought he was in terms of um, competitive edge and physicality that we do have plenty of talent on this roster, but you want to have that guy that you can lean on. And I don't know if it's JV McCollum right now. I agree. I agree. Mm -hmm. It just feels like they were trying to go to him at the end of that uh, Texas tech game. And it was just like, it not like, bad decisions but it just it didn't feel like he was the type of guy that could take the game over and like really secure like secure the win for OU like get that man the ball he's gonna get it to us like seems mm-hmm. to have disappeared a little bit in some of those bigger moments do you got another team that you think's vastly overrated in the big 12 yes 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 oh yes he <laughs> said he said let me serve this <laughs> it's it's Texas we have to talk about Texas because are they overrated though? They are compared. They were picked third, third but, in but the right now. Opinions right now. now. Obviously, the season is different. Beginning of the season is different. But where they I are right now, these were still floating around in the AP rankings, and I think this team is like absolute trash at points. Like I think it does not make sense. Like Rodney Terry has no business being a power five coach like absolutely this goes out to most sports if not all sports usually hiring the interim is a bad idea whenever these teams like last year texas had a senior heavy team that when they got rid of chris beard it's not like a freshman team that like really needed that development these were guys that were expected to go really deep into the tournament already they had a good roster rodney terry didn't have to do anything besides be a cheerleader and just be a vibes guy now he has to actually run a program and he cannot do it we already saw the ucf thing the ucf comes in beats them in their own place and like flips out about the horns down probably like the only person in like probably ut nation that actually cares about horns down and it's like created a mockery of this program they have three studs on that roster that's the thing it's like they get so much hype because they have dylan d sue they have max Aismith, and they have tyrese hunter like they are loaded with talent and they have good bench players they have everything for a good roster but they can't put anything together it seems like they can't defend they can't get consistent scoring out of any of these guys they go on runs occasionally but it just seems so disjointed it feels Mm -hmm. like it has no plan and like that's why like i feel like texas is still getting a lot of love for being a quality win will still float around but i think they're like they're closer probably to like like, I think Cincinnati's better. Like, I think I, I think when I was going through my tiers, I put them in the D tier. I put them with Kansas State. I think Kansas State's worse. But, Ooh. like, Ooh. I think I, I just think this Texas team is about to fall apart. I think Rodney Terry's about to get a nice $14, uh, $14 million, like, cut it. We're going a different direction because that was a horrible hire. Crystal Conte, like, I love the man at TCU, but it's kind of besides, thank God he landed Sark because some horrible hires when it comes uh, when it comes to the basketball, <laughs> the basketball mm-hmm. area. That That's for sure. And, you know, I think if they wouldn't have hit that buzzer beater versus Baylor, it yeah. would be even, even worse of worse. talk. That, that completely shifted the, everything. And then they go and they play BYU and just the, that game, they're losing by double digits the whole game. 
It just, yeah, like, I, I watched the BYU game, felt like they weren't in it. Uh, they were kind of being competitive, I'll give it with Houston, but I just also never felt like, I felt like Houston had control that entire game. Like, even though it went to OT, I just felt like it was like, the, Texas can't put together enough, like, enough of a effort in the final five minutes, like, in overtime, in order to put this Houston team away. Like, there's no, there's just absolutely no way, and it just seems to be popping up on the court that any time they play somebody good, whether it be home or away, they just fall to them. Like, they just fall to them. And then they'll, mm-hmm. like, beat up on, like, an OU or something that I think is, like, relatively mid. Well, that's but, what like, talented players do, Yeah, you know? So you're gonna have those type of games. So it, may, it makes total sense. Um... Who is who's underrated in the Big Twelve in your opinion? I think the team that people aren't talking about enough right now. Oh, here it comes. I, I think has the potential to finish second in the conference this year. Okay. The potential It's the TCU Horn Frogs. It's the TCU Horn Frogs. I feel like Iowa State's getting all the love right now. They got that Hilton magic, and it's like fair. Like they're impossible to beat at home right now. Uh I do not want to play. I'm not looking forward to that game. Uh Iowa State's just kind of a house of horrors. But I feel like they're getting their due. They I think they have a top ten rating right now. I think it's one of the highly like highest rated Iowa State teams of all time. This is the best TCU team of all time. I, even with some of those guys, your Kenrich Williams teams, your Desmond Bain, even Mike Miles, like, this team is so solid, and they finally come into themselves. Like, they don't have a guy that they're going to rely on, like a Mike Miles, that it's like, okay, at the end of the game, you got to go get the buckets because you're our only reliable offense. They kind of have three or four guys there now. Jameer Nelson Jr. looking fantastic. I knew he he was great at Delaware, so as a ball handler, kind of guy to push the pace, can shoot, a reliable free throw shooter, which is something TCU can never get right. He's looking fantastic. Like, I think the most underrated transfer right now in the Big 12 is Trey Tennyson from Texas A&M Corpus Christi. This guy is one of the best three-point shooters in America right now. He's hitting down everything, like, dropped over 20 last night on Texas Tech. Emmanuel Miller, a guy who's been a staple of the TC- like TCU program over the last few years. And it just seems like they are actually, like, my biggest criticism of Jamie Dixon. I I hate his end-of-game management, and there's still some problems there. Like, TCU's blowing things like no other, but they seem to be more calm, cool, and collected when it comes to those uh, situations. And when you look at their schedule, like, they poor non-conference, poor non-conference, but there were one bad technical foul away from potentially beating Kansas. They had their worst half ever. Like, they had 14 or 15 turnovers against Iowa State and still got it within two, lost by two, and then, like, Cincinnati went to overtime. It's like, this team is constantly playing close games and against good competition, and I just, I love what I'm seeing. They're like Houston light in the sense, like, that's why they're never, we beat Houston, but, like, we're never going to have that ceiling that Houston has just because we play that similar, like, muck it up. We want to we wanna run fast. Like, the announcers will tell you every single game. It's the only stat they know about our team. Last year was Eddie Lampkin lost, like, 3,000 pounds. <laughs> this year, this year is TCU leads, leads the nation in fast break points, and they, like, they're the only team that has over 20 per game. And... It's it's a fun team to watch. It's it's run fun, just muck it up defense. It's it's a great thing to watch. And you see it on our rankings. Like we're now like tied for third. Like we're tied with Kansas and just beat Texas Tech last night. Like I think Texas Tech's gonna slide a little. So I think we're feisty. We're we might be feisty for the two spot. Like I think I think we should be looking for at least a top five finish easy. Yeah, they're going to be a team that nobody wants to go against. Just the games I watch them, it's exactly that 
the exact same thing that you're saying. It just seems like nothing comes easy whenever you're playing the frogs. So they're going to be a fun team to watch. You know who my underrated team is this year? And I don't know if I'm just partial. It's BYU because yeah. I love Ali Khalifa. Oh, oh <laughs> I am just all for it. He's out there trying to play like Jokic and he's just throwing these insane backdoor passes. You know, he gets the ball at the top of the key. He is a lot of fun to watch, but all around, like they've got some really good players. You know, I, I look at, you know, Jackson Roberts Robinson, you know, he's from Oklahoma, Ada, Oklahoma. And um, it's really impressive um, just the way that they play. And the way I watched that Texas game, I, I was like, okay, this team knows how to play basketball. They play well together. And I think that probably a lot of teams are looking at them like the same thing you said at the beginning of the episode. Oh, they were projected near the bottom of the Big 12. They really don't have much. I'm, I've been really impressed with them so far. They are a house of horrors. Like, they're in a different type of way than, like, TCU just because they, like, they move the ball so well. They always find the open shooter and can, like, shoot threes, lights out. Uh, and I just still think, like, that's a good underrated because if you look at the standings, they're still kind of, like, they're tied with Cincinnati, UCF, like, below Baylor. And you're like, this team, like, but the advanced analytics love them. Like, I think BYU is still, like, top 15 in Kim Palm right now. Like, they play a good, they're top 10, they're 10th. They play like a good fundamental style of basketball that I like feel like the record won't show it, but could be a potential just like Cinderella run throughout like March if they get hot just because they do. They just find the open man and it's just they can hit down threes like every mm -hmm. it seems like they have four guys on the floor that can hit a like an open three easy. And you just yeah. don't really see that in college. Like you really don't like you don't see multiple elite three point shooters that yeah, like, the game pull out. In the games I've watched them, you can tell they're a different team when they're they're in Provo. Um, yeah. So it's just teams should not be looking forward to that on their schedule if they've got to go to BYU. Um, kind of, we talked a lot about some other top tier teams in the Big Twelve. We kind of touched on them, but let let me just ask you a quick question. Um, and not in terms of regular season because I think we've already kind of determined that with Iowa State and the way that they play at home. March Madness are they a are they a believer? Could they be a Cinderella team? I, I think so, but there's hesitancy there just because I feel like I'm always really high on Iowa State teams coming into March because I always think they play like a very aggressive style defense and it seems to just flop in my face every single time we get to March. Like I can't remember the time we've seen like a really, really deep Iowa State run. Granted, like I think this is the best team they've ever had. Like their offense is a little bit suspect still. Their defense is phenomenal. Like it's top 10. Like they just phenomenal just like muck it up get turnovers like crazy i just like i worry about some of these teams it's like that's kind of my thing with like i'm seeing the best versions of a lot of these like traditional like like march madness chokers and i'm like what's real what's fake it's like i see it with like a purdue i see it with a tennessee i see it with all these other like squads where it's like i know you're gonna choke in march but like this year feels different so I'm going to go yes, potential, but I'm like, I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant because I know they'll do well. They'll, they'll probably do great at the Big 12 tournament. They'll probably even like probably win it. Like I can see them. They always roll out for like the one in Kansas City. The hype will be going all time highs into March. And then I just feel like they fall flat. Mm -hmm. Is there any other team that we haven't talked about thus far you think that can make noise in March Madness? I'm talking about, let me just give you some teams that I think that 
probably should be in talks there. We already kind of touched on Baylor. I think that our impression of them is lower. I think that they're yeah. um, they're going to continue to fall down lower and lower. What about a team like Cincinnati, UCF? What do you think about them? So UCF, uh, I don't think UCF so. probably won't probably make probably the not gonna, like yeah, Cincinnati is going to be on the bubble. Yeah, Cincinnati's going to be on the bubble. I think Cincinnati is one of those teams that's like feisty in conference, but is probably really not going to go anywhere. Um, they're they're just like they're a solid squad. Like they're a solid squad. I watched them. I went down to like the Cincinnati uh, like uh, Baylor game. They uh, it, like they just they play teams tough. Like they're big. They're athletic. Uh, like I think they have like Ed- Edron James son maybe as point guard. Like they have like some NFL uh like some NFL's running back son like as point guard. And really? he's it's like they Edrin have somebody. Okay, I gotta look this up. I don't see a James. Maybe it's not James. It's somebody. It's somebody. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. You keep talking about him. But yeah, like I think they're 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 just not like they don't have any ceiling to me that's the thing it's like they can make the tournament just because like they can scrap together just some good wins in this conference just because like basically any win besides maybe west virginia maybe ohio uh OSU. oh jizzle james yeah you're Jizzle's, right yeah 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 and so they they have they have enough to get to the tournament. I don't think they make it far. I did write down a note like I notice number forty seven that starts for them. Uh, this like tall white guy. He uh, has forty one. Uh, forty one. Yes. yes, the guy who has the automatic green light. That guy just shoots yes. all over the place. And he his calves are the same size as his thighs. Like it is just <laughs> one solid block going down the entire way. And that man, like when I watched him in person, like he has that Dion Waiters attitude. He has that he like does. I would rather I would rather go zero for thirty than one for twenty because like I stopped shooting. Like he got the clutch basket. He hadn't hit a three all game, missed it. But like he just does not like he will not give the ball up. Like if he has any room of separation in that corner, that man is gonna launch it. But I think those calves are a little too big. I think he needs to like take a step back a little bit because those things generating too much power. He's bricking things off the back iron he's airballing things all over like he needs to chill it on the leg days and just like focus on some form and some shooting yeah you got to be careful with those type of players what was that guy for west virginia last year that i was constantly big time hater who had the most automatic green light because he'd go one for like 21 game then he'd like absolutely destroy you oh who was it one second i'm looking it up yeah, but what those type of players, you know, you got to be careful with. And whenever we played them, Oklahoma played them, Lukosius was not having a good game. He missed a lot of shots, but his shots when he does make them are loud. And it really, like, it, it completely changes the momentum of games because he will take a, he'll come off a screen and take a hand right in his face and just shoot. He does not care. I so love you it. Be careful of those guys, but to be honest with you, from what I saw, I've seen so far from Cincinnati, I'm not going to buy too much into them. Yeah. I I haven't seen too much from them, but they will be a physical team. They're going to be tough in Big Twelve play, like most teams. But I, I wouldn't consider them on the level of like West Virginia and Oklahoma State. I'd say that they're above that. Um, but uh, still, uh, I I'm not I'm not really buying too much into them as a team that can get crazy in the tournament. Let's kind of talk about this mid tier of Big Twelve, yeah. like. Like it's really, I haven't been able to really develop an opinion of teams like UCF, West Virginia, Oklahoma state. Um, and then like 
I think Oklahoma State's not mid. They're yeah, the bottom. I was like, They're I was gonna about to say they are yeah. the they are the basement. I, to are, be honest, to be honest, with you, I was just naming the rest of the teams we haven't teams, talked yeah. about. But but and then after I, said, I said they're not. I said mid earlier, so they're legitimately yep. the bottom of the bottom. But like West Virginia, even though they're seven and thirteen this year, like I, I I don't know. I still get nervous with West Virginia teams. Like, what do you think of West Virginia and Oklahoma State? Like, should it's, you? Should you be scared to play that? Not scared, but should you not feel super uber confident going into those games? West Virginia, like the analytics doesn't back it up, but they are like, they, they're feisty. Uh, Kansas. I know. T- yeah. Timothy Green pointed it out. Like they beat Texas and Kansas in like one week. And like for a team that you expect like West Virginia to really bottom out this year, like that's still impressive, but like everything since it looks like that's kind of just fool's gold. I, I never like. I've said it a billion times before by one of my least favorite, probably my least favorite college basketball players, Kirk Carissa. And I don't think your team's <laughs> ever getting far if Kirk Carissa is on your team. So it's like, you kind of made your bed by putting this guy on the squad. Like he can't really shoot, but he has another, like he, he has the green light. I don't think coaches give him the green light. I don't think players want him to have the green light, but ball stopper. Like I just, I hate Kirk Carissa. And so I'm kind of happy. Like I feel bad for Timothy. Like I, I don't want West like it sucks that it has to happen to West Virginia, but I love seeing Kirk Carissa's final season torpedo this bad. Like I'm glad this guy is having a miserable time in his last year. Like I am cherishing every single moment that West Virginia is bad this year, just because they deserve it. Like they took this punk, they took this guy that like <laughs> really like it doesn't get. Arizona doesn't get enough flack, probably because they're on the West Coast, but they have blundered two tournaments, like two tournaments in a row, and it's, I think, partially his fault, and they're looking slightly, I think Arizona's deadlier without him on the floor now, I think uh, Caleb Love is uh, taking over, which is like another guy that, he's another green light guy, but I think a little bit better, like he's he's actually developing a little bit, but um, yeah, West Virginia. You, you know why like, Caleb Love transferred from UNC? You know what I heard? What was some it? Lo- some locker room drama. Seems like he was uh, messing with some other people's girls. Oh, <laughs> that's what I heard. As, it's not as bad as the Arkansas drama right now. That is oh, like well, the, most unconfirmed, <laughs> the most unconfirmed stuff of players having affairs on other players in the locker room. Not their significant other. It's just the players. And I think it was originally posted on like Texax. So I'm like, yeah, yeah you got to take that with a grain of salt. Read into it as you may, but I just, it's just fun. Like that, the program right now, it's it's a lost season for them. So at least get some some content out of it. But yeah, like I think West Virginia, like you don't, you still don't want to face them. But but they're they still deadly? an easy W. In they're terms easy of my Big dumb. Twelve conference. Yeah. Like oh like, yeah, yeah, I look oh, at West God, Virginia yeah. not on the same. Even though they just lost to Oklahoma State, I still think Oklahoma State is significantly worse. Than yes, them. yes, um, I think. But I still say West Virginia. I look at the schedule, even though I'm a little nervous just because the history of what I know about West Virginia, I think that they're spiraling down and they should be viewed as a break of this tenuous Big 12 schedule. And I've continuously talked about this team. We still haven't talked about them yet. What are your thoughts on UCF? UCF, they are home merchants. They like can only win at home. Besides that Texas one, which like must have meant something. Uh, must have meant something to them. But they. 
they good def like that's the thing i'm like defense is the name of the game in the big 12 if you have a feisty defense you're gonna win a few games that you weren't supposed to and they do have a feisty defense they just don't have reliable scoring so it's like they're not gonna make the tournament they're gonna be a hard out at home am i really scared of them no do i really think they have much like talent on the roster no it's just but they keep on proving me wrong like i say this now i haven't checked the baylor score they're probably they probably beat baylor by now and no no baylor's actually up by one right now oh unfortunately we got okay five and a half minutes left okay it's just yeah they're gonna they're slightly worse cincinnati that's like the best way to describe them it's like cincinnati's actually gonna like can travel on like home or road and be competitive I don't really think UCF's very competitive outside of Orlando. Johnny Dawkins is a good coach, but yeah, they're just like, they're they're the ultimate example of like joining the Big 12 from a G5 team, like G5 conference where they were decent and had some like good years, but it's just like, they're, they're getting outclassed on the games that they don't like. They're just, yeah, they're just not as talented. So mm-hmm. I think we talked about all of the teams we really didn't talk in depth about Baylor. Do you have anything else you want to say about Baylor? Yeah, I guess there was. There's two teams we haven't talked about. Um, I'll go Baylor first. Oh, and then the Pokes, I guess. Pokes, and then kind of K State, kind of K State. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about K State. So Tyler uh, Perry, we can kind of lump lump Baylor and K State together uh, in a sense that I don't know what happened whenever Jerome Tang went to K State that. It seems like Jerome Tang was the defensive guy, Scott Drew was the offensive guy, and now each like team refuses to play what the other one doesn't specialize in. Like Baylor used to be a well-rounded team, now they only want to score. They're not that intimidating on defense. And like you're seeing it, like they're playing close games all the time and they're losing some games that are easily winnable. Like they have uh oh what's his name? Who's he's the like he's probably one of the best freshmen this year gonna go wrote like top five in the nba maybe um what's his name jacoby walter jacoby walter yeah and he's like good but it just something's off about this baylor team they just want to score they don't want to play defense it seems like scott drew is like what made scott drew successful was bringing in these like a five-star guy to supplement a really heavy 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 like senior roster and this year like you're looking at the depth chart it's like Jalen Bridges and Ray J Dennis are kind of like the only like seniors there and then like Misi Walters both play both freshmen it just doesn't seem like they have that good veteran core anymore they don't have that Mark Vidal guy off the bench that can like really get that score oh, yeah. and like they need that like physicality that toughness that they just don't have anymore um so like they're going to make the tournament. They're going to be feisty because they could just score. Like they're really they're really talented scoring First wise. round exit though. Yeah, but it just seems like a little little foolish. And then we got to go to K-State. K-State's the opposite. No consistent scoring. Play good defense, but no consistent scoring. It's killing them, but Jerome Tang is such a fraud. Like, I'm tired of last year with Marquise Noel and, like, how far they went. Like, it's going to 
put like the narrative was that Scott Drew was not the one running the show at Baylor. It was more it was more Jerome Tang. I don't think Jerome Tang knows what he's doing. He just whines. Like Jerome Tang is consistently I was looking around the internet, I was looking at the message boards today because I see Jerome Tang as the whiniest coach in the Big 12 by far. Next to none. I know a lot of other ones get teased. A lot of them whine in the post game, but I think Jerome Tang every single game has something wrong. It's something wrong with the other team. It's something wrong with the other way the team's acting. Like, kind of like Coach K, but without the pedigree, without the actual <laughs> success. Like, he seems like he wants to lecture. Like, the other day, it was like Houston. Houston was talking smack to one of his players, and he steps in, gets a T for, like, cursing out a kid, and he's like, I'm gonna play for my guys. Like, he, they shouldn't be talking like that. You're not Coach K. Like, Coach K notoriously would go to the team's locker room after the game and lecture him. It was the most annoying thing ever, but he's Coach K. He can kind of do it. You kind of got to get away from it. It was a joke, but he looks like an absolute clown when they're just losing. K-State was projected pretty high, like, coming into the season. Like, they weren't going to be... They had a lot to replace last year, but they're still projected six. Like, they're above Iowa State. They're supposed to make the tournament. Now they look like they're falling more into the category of the easy wins, like an easy dub. Like, oh, you just went in there, took their lunch... I thought the addition of Tyler Perry was going to be great. Like, I was like, oh, if, like, Marquise Noel's not going to be there, and you're going to put Tyler Perry, a guy that was, like, the at the helm of those Grant McCasland UNT teams, like, sign me up. Like, this guy won the NIT. Like, he looked great. He's kind of the only consistent offense they have. Like, that's it. I just, I'm tired of Jerome Tang. I think he's a fraud. I hate, he, it's just, it's always a show with him. It's like when they win, he has to stand up on the table and give a speech to the <laughs> entire crowd. When they lose, it's always a lecture. Like the other day, he's blaming Iowa State for like recording his timeouts behind the bench and stuff like that. And that's why he's getting technical fouls. It's just getting ridiculous. It's a technical foul and it's always some conspiracy. It's always something against K-State. And he just like, he's just a delusional man, it seems like at this point. Like it's just... I don't think Jerome Tang's as good as everybody thought just because he had a deep, like, deep run in March. Yeah, I I think losing Bruce Weber is, like, a big hit for them. But you're making me think, like, who else? Who else would I want for a Kansas State coach? And I thought, I miss Frank Martin. I wonder where he is nowadays. I couldn't remember where he was. He's at UMass right now. Yep. Man, I, I love me a good Frank Martin on the sidelines. Man, that guy looks scary. Oh, you must still like, or they were a feisty team in non-conference that I think just like imploded in the A-10. But yeah, they just, I don't know. It's like Drone Tang, Drone Tang feels like it's going to be like late Bruce Brown all over again. It's like the team's not going to completely bottom out or maybe it will in a few years, but like it just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't, I don't know. Something's off there and I just feel like it's not going to end well in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just watching the Oklahoma-Kansas State game last night for that Kansas State team did not score until like the 11 nine minute. minutes yeah. in. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was pitiful to watch. I was just like laughing. I was like, I, I don't have to watch this whole game because this is not even worth it at this point. Oklahoma played like trash too, but thank God Kansas State played even worse. Like, I don't know. I Kansas State's a team that started off well. People think highly of them at the beginning of the season. I'm I'm ready to start selling stock. I'm I mean, they've sell, probably been I'm selling sell stocks sell. for the probably the past couple months too. So I, I think they're going to continue to fall. They're like I think they're kind of the like antithesis of what uh, Iowa State was like. Iowa State kind of had a weak non-conference schedule, but it's, like, really come into their own come conference time, and I think Kansas State has kind of, like, revealed who they are. Like, they're just not... 
they're just not that team. Like they don't have those special guys. Like Tyler Perry is not enough for them. And like, I feel like we're going to see a lot of this. If Jerome Tang wants to keep on just trying to rebuild through the portal, like Jamie Dixon does it too. So like, that's how my team's built, but it just doesn't seem like he has a good philosophy. Gotcha. I just completely lost our whole overlay. <laughs> it's back. Okay. Um, do you have anything to say about the Oklahoma State Cowboys? Mike Boynton's a nice guy. He it like nice sucks guy. that it it's it's that's gonna be one of those that is like it sucks that it doesn't work out. It's like you want the best for him. He's like had to deal with some like tough circumstances whenever they got whenever they got a postseason ban. Like mm. uh, like in none of the players like none of the players are still on the team type of thing. It sucks. It. But Gallagher Iba just feels it's sad watching it. Like it used to like I feel like had some pop. Like that's the thing growing up. It's like I I know OU's always had like some pretty good basketball teams and stuff like that, but it's more like the like OSU I felt like was always solid, always threatening to march, and like we just haven't seen that in a long time. I just I hope OSU just I wish they would kind of downsize Gallagher Iba again. Like they expanded it and now I feel like it's too big. They don't have a good home like home court advantage. Like they kinda gotta go the Waco model, I think, and just rethink how they're doing basketball there. Because like having the giant arena in Stillwater is not gonna fill fans maybe one time a year. Like that's that's about it. So I think OSU should just take this time, look inward, see what they want to do about basketball because it's it's sad. It's sad. If I recall, I'm pretty sure Oklahoma State almost beat TCU this year. Is that right? They did. Oh, they were like <laughs> threatening the entire like it was like one of those that it was just like it it, it felt like TCU was always going to come back, but it's like you're kind of getting like ten minute like there's like ten minutes left and we're like still down by two and it's like okay guys like let's let's just turn it on like turn it on and like in the end it was it worked out fine, but it was just like. Just kind of played, like, that's the thing. I just, uh, that's another critique of Jamie Dixon. It's just, like, he always plays close games, which I mean, uh, which I think means, like, playing down to your competition sometimes because that's exactly what he was doing. But, yeah, it's just, it's sad. It's sad to watch those guys. Like, it's kind of the auto-dub right now in the Big 12. Mm -hmm. It's like... yeah. I, I and they're gonna have to make a move after this season, yeah. but it's gonna it's gonna suck. They're already in a bad position to be with like and Mike Boynton did so many great things for this program. So I I really do feel for him. Yeah, it just I, feels like he's not bringing in the guys and he's only losing his good ones. So that's just mm -hmm. you you can't have that in modern day college basketball. Like you at least yeah. have to if you can't you need to keep your guys and then be bringing in more. So mm -hmm. so. Kind of rounding off this whole podcast and Big 12 basketball preview slash middle of the season preview for us on the Schooner Pod. Um, big picture, do you think the Big 12 has a team that will be in the Final Four, yes or no? Yes. Okay. Do you I think do. you'll have a Big 12 um, championship game? Anyone in the championship game? That one's a hard one uh, because, like, I kind of see it as there's three elite teams in the country right now. It's Purdue, it's UConn, it's Houston. I want to lean yes because it's like Purdue's success in March Madness is lacking. Um, but what about UNC, though? 
I think UNC. UNC is feisty. Like they're, I'm not getting giving them enough credit just because I'm like, oh, I feel like I've seen this one before. Like, I UNC is definitely feisty. Like they had a rough one against Georgia Tech last night. It just kind of lost an inexcusable one. But like, seems to be the only diamond in the ACC right now. Like the ACC RJ is Davis like, is so good. So good. He's so good. Like. I want to start, like, he's not going to win National Player of the Year, but I just want the, like, narrative to be, like, it's a two-horse race because he's really put this team on his back. Like, he's elevated them. Like, I thought Hubert Davis is, like, not a very good coach, and I thought we were going to see, like, UNC's probably always going to be good. It's hard to bottom out there when you have the talent, but, like, I just felt like Hubert Davis wasn't going to take it to the next level. It just feels like R.J. Davis has put that, he's put that. Uh, team on his back this year like they're a threat but like that's the thing it's like in the championship I like look at I look down just like the top 20 of Kim Palm and it's like I see a lot of teams that can compete it's like Tennessee Tennessee is great defensive team but Dalton Connect like Dalton Connect could be like he's one of the best offensive players in the country North Carolina you mentioned like Illinois looks feisty at times. I don't want that. Uh, I don't want Illinois to be in the finals. But there is, like, there's a lot of solid teams around there that it's, like, I could easily see a Big 12 team not ending up. And, like, that's what I'm more worried about is, like, Big 12 only has, like, two go through to, like, the Elite Eight. And people are like, I thought this was supposed to be the best conference. Why aren't you all dominating this? And it's like, it's because of March Madness. Like, in a single elimination tournament, that stuff happens. But Yeah, it's going to be mad this year. There's no doubt about it. I I, yeah. I, I don't know if we're going to, like, see even a one, all one seeds in the Final Four. It could be one of those no, years. Yeah, it's it, – it, because all of the all the one seeds have flaws. And, like, they, they mm -hmm. seem to get – like, they can't – none of them can just, like, dominate all the time. It's like Houston has slipped up like slipped up twice big purdue seems to like mess around with teams they always have connecticut just seems to have injury issues like they're probably like the back-to-back storyline like probably should be getting more and then it's just yeah it's everybody at the top seems to choke all the time which is going to make this really interesting like this mm -hmm. is really interesting and i feel like some of the mid-major crop has now like moved up like the mountain west i think is like the Mountain, uh, the ACC right now is closer to the Mountain West than the ACC is to the Big 12, I think, in power. Mm -hmm. I watched Mountain West a little bit, and but, I was impressed, honestly. New Mexico um, is fire. New Mexico mm -hmm. is so good. Is so good. Rick Pitino's son is the coach there, and they are, fant they are fantastic. You know a team that I also like is Boise State. They've been slumping, though, bad. <laughs> Like, I think tonight they play, they might, or did they play New Mexico last night? Yeah, like, lost by double digits. Mm -hmm. Yeah, New Mexico it's... looks like the team, but um, still. They, they've been keeping things close. Like, they lost to Utah State at home, but yeah. Utah State's another good team. I um, think Gonzaga might not make the tournament this year. That's going to be yeah. an interesting storyline. It's it's bad. It's not a bad Gonzaga team. That's the thing. They're not horrendous. It's just they're not great. And so it's hard whenever you like schedule like Gonzaga and you're just a good team and you play all the elite teams around the country and then lose to them and then get to conference play and you have no like resume wins that you could possibly add. So you just have to win the tournament in order to make the tournament. Yeah. Like they have to win their conference tournament. All right. I think that's it for the Big 12 basketball um, episode that we got going on next week. If you're wondering what we're going to talk about next week, I have no idea. We have no plans. We no will plans. figure it out. Maybe around Monday we'll figure out what we're talking about. But that's just the beauty of the offseason. 
we'll watch these basketball games this weekend. We'll have a good time and see if anything big happens. And we'll talk to you guys next Wednesday. Um, but I think that's it. And I'm not going to ask you if you have anything left to say, cause that's what Bobby always does. And I don't want to do that. So it was nice. Talking <laughs> it was nice talking to you, Blake, about some college basketball. It's almost February and then March is upon us. So everyone listening, remember, give us a like on YouTube, subscribe, and then subscribe to us on all your podcasts. It was a pleasure. We'll be giving you content every single week, but this was the weekend spread slash schooner pod talking about basketball. We'll see y'all next week. Boomer Sooner.